More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Friday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through into the weekend and hopefully power you into fantastic weekends. We got a lot to discuss. Fallout, Hunter Biden indictment news came down yesterday while we were discussing uh, many different topics. That news, what is the takeaway? Where are we headed there? Uh, Trump has done interviews with both Megyn Kelly and NBC News. We've got a few of those cuts to discuss um, now that Trump is sitting down for long-form interviews with NBC. It's, I think, particularly interesting in the Megyn Kelly interview also uh, a lot there. We've got continued fallout uh, dealing with the illegal, basically, overrunning of New York City and many other American cities as well in terms of being able to take care of all of those challenges. And we've got a couple of guests for you to let you kind of know where we're headed. Andy McCarthy, who does, I think, the best job breaking down the legal process anywhere. Uh, he'll be on with us at one thirty, And then Gerard Baker of the Wall Street Journal. I am an unabashed, huge fan of the Wall Street Journal and the content that they put out every day. He is a uh, editor and uh, has a prominent role there. I think he's got a new book out. That should be a fun conversation as well. That is going to be an hour two and hour three. But, Buck, we begin with Jen Psaki on MSNBC last night discussing What is going on in the White House now that Hunter Biden has been charged? We have a heartbroken president. Listen to Cut 8. I think on the politics of this, you know, millions of Americans have dealt with family members who have dealt with drug addiction, who've dealt with alcohol addiction, who have dealt with a range of addiction. My bet is right now this is a heartbroken president in the White House um, who is worried about his son. And we're all watching to see kind of what happens with this. Heartbroken Worried about his son, the 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 complete rig job, the uh, sweetheart deal that they all worked out, Buck, that was supposed to have been signed off on in July, just about six weeks ago. 
my, how the plot twist has occurred here where suddenly Hunter Biden, at least potentially, is facing one series of charges. We still need, and this is where I would hammer home, Buck, and I haven't heard a lot of explanation about the timing on this side. We still need all the charges, felony charges, brought on the tax evasion issues. But this is at least a start. Here's a question for you. Do you think charges on tax evasion will ever get brought? No, not serious ones. I don't think that serious. Again, I'm I'm sticking to what I thought all along here, Clay, which is there's a very, very clear pattern of they just keep delaying and stretching this thing out as far as they possibly can, which has already taken Hunter out of substantial legal jeopardy. And, and there's no bringing it back because of the statute of limitations. So my sense here is they'll probably give him uh, some kind of a plea deal that will, even if it's felony charges, won't have any, there'll be a diversionary program attached to it. So it'll be some kind of, they're going to lean on the fact that he's a drug addict to say, he doesn't need punishment, he needs treatment. And there'll be some, he goes to like a, you know, a treatment center or something. He's not going to federal prison, which to me, under the circumstances, is extreme sweetheart treatment, if that happens. That's what I think is going to go down, because if he has to take a real charge. Remember, Weiss, we've already established on the show, Weiss is tight with the Bidens. And yes. Weiss would not have been, um, not only would he not have been assigned by Merrick Garland, which is not even allowable under DOJ rules to be appointed as a special counsel, if he wasn't a Biden fixes in guy, um, I mean, he, he's somebody who's already shown us up to this point his willingness. I mean, Clay, that that plea deal, yes, that was crazy town, yes. right? I mean, this is uh, if you had shown me what they were trying to do before the deal, I would have actually agreed with you that the judge would have had to reject it because it was like, yeah, this deal, and also don't check out anything on page number fifteen, subsection <laughs> C, that's going to make a whole other felony go away that we're not even talking about here. Like this is, it was absurd. And they, that was what the prosecutors were trying to, that people have to remember, it's not like that was just Hunter's defense team. The prosecution signed off on that. Yeah. The I prosecution, know. no, I know you know, but like, yeah, yeah. The, it's not just the judge, the, the, the prosecutors were in on that scam. So I still think that, um, as much as they're doing all this reporting now, Clay, you saw it like Hunter is dejected and sad and, you know, <laughs> I, I think that he knows at the end of the day, he will not spend a day in prison. And that is, under the circumstances, extreme favoritism in terms of the treatment. That's my uh, that's my assessment. I also love this 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 Dan Goldman guy. He's a congressman from New York, right? Am I am I correct in that? Dan Goldman, congressman from New York, Democrat congressman, obviously. Um, he has become the new Adam Schiff. He will just go so far down the rabbit hole of propaganda. He is like. Iraqi Ministry of Information level, Baghdad Bob, crazy. He says Hunter Biden is getting the worst of a two-tier justice system. But before we play this clip, Buck, imagine saying this when Trump is facing 91 felonies and they're trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life, effectively for being the chief opposition candidate to uh, Joe Biden. Listen to Dan Goldman on the two-tier justice system that Hunter Biden is a victim of. I've never heard of this uh, charge being brought. I understand it is occasionally brought here and there. Um, but in the discretion, you know, I was in the Southern District of New York. We looked for felons who were in possession of guns. 
We did not look for people who were subject to uh, substance abuse for 11 days in the possession of a gun. Um, so this is unusual. And when you hear of the two-tiered justice system, I would argue that Hunter Biden is getting worse of the worst of it because his last name is Biden, not the other way around. I mean, this is I so mean, this is classic. Give him right? credit. It's, this is this is this is amazing. It's gaslighting. It's a mental manipulation technique that they're using here where they see the problem and they accuse, you know, it would be like if if you wanted someone to stop hitting you and and you hadn't confronted them about it yet because you know they get angry and they hit you and then one day they show up they're like, "You know, I'm really I'm really not comfortable with the violence that you're perpetrating against me." It it completely upends the conversation and makes it really hard to have any understanding of anything else going forward because it's not just that you're lying, you're going in the opposite direction of the truth, right? It's yes. one thing to say Hunter probably shouldn't have been charged, which is crazy. But to say that Hunter is being targeted for harsher treatment because he's Joe Biden's son, this is this is bonkers level insane. I mean, this is like saying Anthony Fauci was way too lax about COVID measures and was way too individualistic in letting people approach it. Like, I, I don't even know what to say, but for some people, this will work. The problem is in our mass media environment, the most aggressive lies are many times the most effective. Well, and, and this is why I would be encouraging every Republican out there to be hammering, when are the charges coming on tax evasion? That That's what has to happen, right? Um, because they've are, and, and by the way, they really, I think, should try and charge for what they let uh, expire in 15 and 16. That's also indefensible that they just let that statute of limitations run out, and now they can only get him on, I think it's 17 and 18 uh, calendar years for not paying his taxes. Those charges need to be filed immediately. Uh, you can amend the, the pleading as necessary. You've had five years to get them ready. Um, right now, I think it's fair to ask, not did, uh, Hunter Biden get treated unfairly, but are they still charging him with the absolute lowest amount of public charges that they could? Because a lot of times these charges will get pled down to a misdemeanor. Again, to your point, Buck. Certainly, I don't understand why Hunter would be stressed out that much about this, because if your dad has a get-out-of-jail-free card, what the, the worst-case scenario is he has to play it. I'll, I'll tell you what I think, because this came up in the last 24 hours. What I think the problem is here for Hunter is the Biden brand is becoming less valuable. And well, he's worried, about, sure. the, he's worried yeah. about the... He's worried about the... So it's about the money. He's worried about the millions that he's going to pay... I don't know if this will cost him millions, but certainly hundreds of thousands, no question, that he would have to pay for a legal defense here, even if he was just going to extend and, you know, lawyer it up, do all that stuff. Um, and I think that he's also recognizing his ability to make millions of dollars for doing nothing going forward is effectively destroyed because yes. at this point, you would have to be truly insane unless you were like, again, some foreigner who doesn't care about U.S. laws, like a you know, Chinese Communist Party member. But you would have to be insane to want to do any business with Hunter Biden based on pop has access. Are you suggesting that his painting career is not going to be as successful when his dad's not in the White House? Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Have you? To be fair, 
Have you have you seen the paintings? I, I think I have I seen saw the paintings. One. I mean, I I thought the the craziest thing to me about the paintings, take, leaving aside the fact that people are paying tens of thousands of dollars for them, is that I believe I'm correct in this. As part of the settlement with the daughter that the Bidens would not acknowledge, they actually gave her some of the paintings. Did you that's see this? Correct. Like that? That's yes. how he's paying part of his child, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, paternity uh, responsibilities. That seems like a really poor negotiation tactic by Just her. Imagine to get the Hunter paintings. Biden, you know, you show up to like a Maserati dealership, and they're like, "Hey, this is going to cost you 140 grand, sir. Sign here." And you're like, "No, no, I don't have money. But what I do have is this amazing finger painting for you." <laughs> the the article, <laughs> doing. the article when they wrote about the plea agreement collapsing in the New York Times. They said that there were so many details in it that were just ridiculous. But Hunter's attorney traveled all the way across the country to discuss this latest twist and turn in the case with Hunter in his painting studio. (laughs) And I'm just like, come on. Hunter is sitting in his painting studio. His lawyer doesn't need to travel all the way across the country to have a conversation with him, right? Like, you can call somebody on a phone. I'm but also, then he's in the I, studio with like a, a a paint, you know, like brush, like he's uh like he's Vincent Van Gogh or he something. He should show up to all of his like if he does end up going to trial, which I don't even think would happen. But he should definitely show up in like a beret and a smock and be like, "I am sorry, I am an artiste. I forget about the taxes." You know, like he should. What, just what go if for what it. if he did his own courtroom sketches like while sitting at the defendant stand and sold them like that? That would be. I don't know if that's permissible. He's like I've, I've super been, like, handsome, and the judge yeah. is like really yeah. ugly, and he's painting. Remember when all they? The remember when Tom Brady was in the courtroom, and like they had the the most disgusting painting, uh, like a sketch of Tom Brady. You remember the ugly Brady? Sk- <laughs> like, I don't know what Tom Brady did to that guy's girlfriend uh, back in the day, but the guy, like, I mean, Tom Brady is an incredibly good-looking man, and he made him look like you know Frankenstein in that picture. But I just, like, the idea of Hunter like sitting at the defendant table, you know, like sketching away, uh, and then you know signing him and uh, and and selling him on uh, on. Uh, I mean, is there is there a more pathetic thing to have done than purchased Hunter Biden's artwork? Well, it depends on who you are. Right. If you're somebody that realizes you're purchasing the paintings because it's a way to pay off Hunter to try to get the. Oh, the big I get guy that. But phone, like right? if you actually hung it up in your house and somebody walked in, they're like, who is that? Like, that's a Hunter no, no, Biden. No, no, I mean, no, no. like, Play. did someone do that? If if you and, and I hope Laura's listening, if you bought and hung up a Hunter Biden painting in your home, it would be an amazing conversation <laughs> piece. Like everybody you had actually, over and you you have really to do it. Funny idea. Yeah. Like, you'd have to do it like they have at the Metropolitan Museum of yeah. Art, like, you know, plexiglass, maybe a light above it, and yeah. you, know, you could play some some Vivaldi quietly in the background. That's how you got to do it. A Hunter Biden original would actually be hysterical to put in my my house. Like, <laughs> Not where right Clay is actually going to buy it. This would be uh, I would actually, I mean, it would be amazing. It's like, you know, some people who are really successful, they put up paintings of themselves. Which is like, I mean, it seems a little bit cocky to have a painting of yourself in your own house. Like, yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> it's your house. There you are on the wall, too. But a, an original Hunter Biden, and the, the, when you first walk in the foyer, would be amazing. Are you on a fixed income? You might be interested in an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 13% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. 
Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment guide today at phxonair.com. You can earn 9 to 13% annual interest. The Phoenix Capital Group's free investment guide is available today. Just go to phxonair.com. Now, investment and bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay we got our friend and Andy Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With us now, he is Fox's contributor, writes at National Review, 20-plus years as a federal prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. Andy, great to have you back. Let's just have you jump right into it. The announcement yesterday of the charges against Hunter Biden. How how much of a surprise or how big of a deal is this in this whole case in your mind? Well, I don't want to say it's a nothing burger. Uh, you know, it's three felony gun charges. And even though I think the 
Biden Justice Department did everything they could to sabotage the case and make it disappear. Um, they have brought these charges, and ultimately the sentencing will be up to the judge. Um, so, you know, it's a it, it's a serious matter um, compared to everything that's been uncovered in connection with the broader Biden investigation. I think it's a drop in the ocean. Um, I also don't think um, I, I can't let it pass without saying that the Justice Department in general and Merrick Garland and uh, David Weiss in particular did everything they could do to sabotage the case, including the gun charges, which is uh, which are in, it's inexplicable. Uh, well, <laughs> inexplicable is the wrong word. It's entirely explicable, but um, it was terribly wrong for them to do that. Uh, and I think, you know, if you think of what a prosecutor is, you shake your head at this. If you instead think, as I do, that Weiss's job was to make the case disappear with respect to Joe Biden more than anything else, then everything falls into place and everything makes perfect sense. Andy, you know, there, there's a, an effort underway, clearly, and this is the New York Times. Um, Hunter Biden could face 25 years in prison and $750,000 in fines. Here's a rundown of why the accusations um, against the president's son and what makes the case unusual. I'm seeing two things happening. We're being told, and you know, as Andy knows better than anybody, any federal felony you can get, you know, years and years in prison. That's, you know, if you're going to take a plea, that doesn't really happen. But that seems to me, Andy, they're trying to make it seem like Hunter is being treated unfairly in a negative light by the Justice Department here. What do you make of that? Yeah, it is pretty hilarious. I mean, here's a guy who for five years has gotten the benefit of selective exercises of prosecutorial discretion in that a case that would have taken 10 minutes to present to the grand jury um, in which he's like guilty eight ways to Sunday and would have been, it would have taken about a month to investigate. They've never brought the case and they not only never brought the case, they never uh, filed any charges that would stop the statute of limitations. They never went to his lawyers and said, well, we'll negotiate a plea with you, but then you have to waive the statute of limitations, which is what prosecutors ordinarily do when they're in plea negotiations with someone when the clock is running out. They never did any of that stuff. This guy got the complete benefit of all that. Then seven weeks ago, they bring him into court and they actually try to make the gun case disappear under circumstances where he's not He's not eligible under Justice Department rules for diversion on this case. And I, I must say, Buck, I think like the interesting question here to, to me has always been, um, it seems to me that there's two guns, not one. Um, all of the charges that uh, we've seen uh, that we saw yesterday, the three charges are in connection with a Colt revolver, a 38 special. And we've all seen, cause you can't unsee them. Uh, these images from the New York Post, uh, where he seems to be in a, in a session where he's cavorting with a, with a prostitute and there seems to be a drug induced uh, or infused, uh, uh, session, as it were. Um, he's waving around a gun and that gun is not a revolver. It's, it looks like a Glock. And that, according to the, the, what's been reported about this video imagery, uh, that happened on either October 17th or October 19th of, uh, of 2018. 
I think it's the 19th. So that's within this 11-day period listed in the indictment, which goes, I think, from, what is it, October 12th to about the 23rd. Um, so that's the second gun in the mix here, and we've never heard a word about it. So, you know, the thought that this guy is being treated unfairly uh, under these circumstances is just, it, it's, it boggles the mind. Andy, you talked about some of the IRS-related issues. Okay, so we've got the three felony charges brought on the gun-related issues, but you've been hammering this home about the, uh, as it already happened with the 15 and the 16, if I remember correctly, uh, tax uh, failure to pay taxes, tax evasion. He totally is going to walk on that because they allowed the statute of limitations to run out. When are they going yeah, to bring these other charges, at least on 17 and 18, Andy? And isn't that what everybody should be hammering now? Okay, great, the gun charges have been brought, but the IRS charges seem to me way more significant. You tell me if you think I'm I'm wrong on this, than the gun charges in the first place. It seems like they're charging him with the lighter of the offenses, and do we feel like these IRS uh, felony charges are going to come? And if they are, when do they need to come? And maybe where? Well, I think, Clay, it's, it's, it, I think it's even worse than that because I don't think it's just tax charges. If the evidence that is being uncovered by the, by the congressional committee, and it wouldn't shock me that Weiss didn't uncover any of this evidence because I don't think they ever conducted an investigation here. But if what the congressional committee is uncovering, uh, is, is going to end up where I think it's leading, you could have, you could also have had money laundering charges and FARA charges, Foreign Agency Registration Act charges, uh, as well as bribery charges. Uh, and certainly if you look at what Mueller did with Manafort, you would think money laundering and FARA charges would be on the table in addition to tax. Um, the statute of limitations is just five years on most federal crimes. It's six years on the relevant tax evasion crimes in this case. So already everything that is in the, that is a normal federal statute of limitations crime, a five-year crime, everything before 2018 is gone. And with respect to the tax stuff, everything before 2017 is gone. And I can't help but, but think that the reason uh, that Weiss handled the case the way he did was his job was to make the case go away against Joe Biden. 2014 yeah. and 15, it's actually 2014 through 2016 are the major years on Burisma. The China stuff, which is two different schemes, goes from about 2013 to 2017. Uh, some of the other stuff that we've been hearing, like the Yelena Batterina, the three and a half million to Hunter, that was 2014. All this stuff is gone. You know, this guy did nothing. Um, he didn't, he didn't bring any charges. Usually, as a federal prosecutor, if you're negotiating, if you're in plea negotiations with the lawyers, you get them to waive the statute of limitations. And if they won't do it, then you get your, you know, you get into the grand jury and indict so that you stop the clock. But if you're trying to make the case go away, then then you do exactly what he's done here. And not only that, Andy, to your point, it's awfully convenient that all the tax charges from when Joe Biden was still in office are also the ones that vanished, right? Uh, when he was still vice right. president, yeah. because then you could go into whether his role and performance in office was improperly influenced by Hunter, which is even more significant, obviously, than uh, the idea of him doing something out of office, right? 
Yeah, Clay, I think all you need to know about that is that the, the nice people at Burisma, when Joe was no longer vice president, they slashed Hunter's salary in half. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much more blunt it could be than that, right? No Andy, doubt. Andy, what do you think of the chances that Hunter actually sees the inside of a prison cell at any point over this stuff? Well, see, now, this gets to... Um, this gets to the human element to me, Buck, more than the than the lawyer element. I have to say, if this was one of my sons and I had the power to pardon, there's no way you would ever put one of my sons in prison. Not Same thing for me. I yeah. yeah. Let it happen. So, uh, and I don't, you know, I, I say this with, with sympathy for Biden as a human being, as somebody who's a parent. You know, I get that. Um, it would be a terrible abuse of power. And the honorable thing to do if you used your power to help your family out in that way and to help yourself, by the way, would be to resign right after doing it. But I can't imagine that Biden, who, you know, look, I think I've said this a million times. I think all the people who say Biden's lost a step. Yeah, maybe he lost a step, but he was always, a, a you know, he was an imbecile for, for a half a century. So totally. nobody who's followed him. Uh, like I've followed him for all these years, could be surprised by some of the stuff that that we've seen. But at the same time, as as a personal matter, you know, he lost his his other son. He lost his wife and another child. He's had a very tragic life in a lot of ways. I have a lot of sympathy for that. I lost my dad when I was very young. It's a traumatic thing that you never, ever get over. And if you – you know, if the question with on that kind of a, a record is you have your one remaining son who is tragically uh, a narcotics addict who, you know, has been through very bad stuff and undoubtedly put his family through very bad stuff. Are you going to let him get sentenced to federal prison? I, I just I don't see it. What do you think that would do? Sorry, sorry, but, but I think yeah. that's probably what you're building on, too. Okay. From a human perspective, I think we agree that he's unlikely to let his son ever go into uh, into a, a, a jail or in, into any sort of prison. What does that do politically, in your mind, Andy, if he were to decide to do something that no one has ever done with the pardon power in the history of the United States, and that is pardon his own son? I think it's gonna it's gonna make a fool out of me. Clay, because I've, I've been the one who's saying all along that um, I don't think Trump can win. I just don't think, like, the math doesn't work. Um, and I think if Biden does something like we're talking about, uh, all bets are off. It's so destructive politically to him that you think Trump could win a head-to-head battle with Biden. That's how That's how destructive it could be. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to suggest that it's a it's a – it's in isolation, right? The the economy's a mess. We could be heading into um, a recession, which is a catastrophe for a president to try to run on. His record's been awful. He's destroying the country. He's he's completely um, decimating important institutions in the country. Um, he's a very unpopular figure. And his, if he, uh, given what his age is, you have to take into account that if anything were to happen to him, Kamala Harris becomes president. I mean, 
that's such a toxic combination of things. If you throw on top of it that he abuses his power, I assume if he's going to cross the Rubicon, he's not just going to pardon Hunter. He's going to pardon, you know, whoever in his family is implicated uh, in the influence peddling scheme. I, it'd be very hard to survive all that politically. I don't think there's any doubt. Have a good weekend. Hey, I hope you enjoy my Braves winning the sixth straight NL East title. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> killing me. I start the week, I start the week with Rogers and I end the week with that. Oh. <laughs> it's a tough time for New York sports fans. Appreciate you, Andy. Uh, no, no better feeling out there. Yeah, it's been really tough if you're a Jets fan. No better feeling laying down after a long day on a super comfy sheets. Uh, the kind of sheets make you want to stay in bed all day. My pillow can hook you up with some amazing sheets right now, the Percal sheets. Uh, sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel to them. Made to fit over mattresses, thick and thin. Mattresses with a My Pillow mattress topper on it. Sheets are extremely durable, so much so they come with a 10-year warranty. The My Pillow Percal sheets available in a variety of colors and sizes, all included in the closeout sale. The queen size sheets. 60% off, now reduced to just $35 per set with our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special Square. You'll get hooked up with an incredible offer, the MyPillow Percal Sheets. $25 for a twin set, $35 for a queen set. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off. Let's talk migrant crisis NYC. A little bit of an update for you on this one. There was a meeting uh, with Alexandria Ocasio or uh, Ocasio Cortez, uh, Jerry Nadler bunch of prominent Democrats outside of a hotel in Manhattan that is now a relief center for asylum seekers. And there were some folks who were present who were not happy with the fact that New York City is now America's largest refugee camp. And that is a, from a definition perspective, an accurate statement. They are taking in asylum seekers or refugees also, the numbers on this, Clay, I thought this was interesting. There was a uh, city councilwoman, I think it was uh, city councilwoman Vernikov, if memory serves, that I saw, shared the asylum numbers for what percentage recently? 80, 90% of the people coming from Central America, other parts of Latin America, for example, don't get asylum when they're, when they're uh, actually up for, because they're not asylum seekers, right? This is the, the whole point here is the system is being scammed. Asylum is, I can't be in my country because I'm in physical danger or I'm being oppressed because of my religion or something that is different than I want to be in a country with a better economy and a massive welfare state. Here I am. That's called immigration. That's not asylum seeking or refugee status, but they claim to be refugees because they're scamming the whole system. Everybody has to remember that. So they're running massive refugee camps now in New York City. Um, I've been to other refugee camps elsewhere in the world, so I know something about refugee camps. And here is what it sounded like outside the hotel as these Democrats are in there to make this even more comfortable, more funding, and better for the illegal aliens who have gathered in New York City. Play it. The American dream will not be bullied into submission today. We will continue.
continue to fight for the American dream. We will not be bullied. We will not be pushed into a corner. We will fight for these common sense solutions. Uh, can I just be clear? Apparently, the um, that was Representative Adriano Espaillat. Did I get that right? If I if I nailed that one, I'm proud of myself. First time I've seen that name. Democrat of New York, um, who is saying, Clay, the American dream now is you get to enter illegally, you get to lie about the need for you to stay, you get taxpayers to pay for your food, housing, uh, clothing, you know, health care, everything else, and then you're supposed to be able to get work permits. That's the American dream now, according to Democrats who are speaking at this migrant center in Manhattan. And what's important about this, Buck, is those are Democrat voters screaming at, by and large, Democrat congressmen and women. So Democrats now, there's a pretty consistent position on the Republican side, right? It is, let's have border security. Let's not have tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the border every uh, couple of days. I saw Bill Malugin just put out a, uh, a tweet in the last 20 minutes, Buck. The Biden administration, things are so crowded now on the border that the Biden administration is putting migrants on buses and now dropping them off in San Diego. Uh, did you see that? I mean, maybe we can grab that audio, but they're telling those illegal immigrants, you're free to go. Like you're, you're just go out and do whatever you want. I mean, this is crazy, but Democrats don't have an answer for this. They should because want they're more finally of it. fighting internally over this. But they, they should, based on what the Democrat Party position has been. This will be a shock if you go back. You could find editorials by the editorial board of the New York Times as recently as, let's say, 98, maybe 99. I mean, I go back as, you know, my, I grew up in a time, in a New York Times subscribing household, Clay. So I used to read it all the time. Then we switched to the Wall Street Journal years later. Um, the Times used to be a better paper in the 90s, even if it was liberal. Now it's obviously just communist nonsense. But they would, back in the 90s, write editorials about illegal immigration and talk about how it was unfair to other migrants, how it suppressed wages for the working class, how it particularly created unfair competition for racial minorities already in America, how it created, they would actually make these arguments from a Democrat perspective that it was suppressing wages and that it was an unfair drain on the welfare state. Now, with the, for the last 20 years or so, it has switched to illegal immigrants. This is a nation of illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants are better than Americans in terms of their work ethic, better than Americans in terms of their uh, law abiding nature. It's all propaganda. And what they're finally forced to deal with is, okay, so illegal migrants, all they do is make everybody wealthier, better off, safer, everything is great. New York should be saying, send another 100,000. Yeah. Send another 100,000. We want more. Instead, the mayor of New York City, and now he's trying to walk it back, is saying they are, quote, going to destroy this city. Destroy it. Ruin it. Why are they ruining it, everybody? The Democrat Party told us for 20 years that illegal immigrants are amazing and just make the country better in every respect. Clay, there was no downside you were allowed to speak of without being shouted down for being xenophobic. And racist. And uh, that's what they tried to say about the idea of the wall. And what I think you're seeing is 
the number one issue that Biden is underwater on is the border. And he's underwater on it because everybody agrees that it's a disaster. And I thought you succinctly summed it up, you know, last year when you said Joe Biden cares way more about the sanctity of Ukraine's border than he does the United States border. And I think that is a pitch that works very well when you go out and make an argument about what is going on there. But when you're seeing now record, because remember, Title 42 was ended and I sound, it felt like, and you, you see if you agree with me on this, Buck, that there was almost a pause because people weren't sure what the new policy was going to be south of the border. And so there was a huge influx before Title 42 expired. Then Title 42 expires and things slow down a little bit because there was uncertainty as to what the policies were going to be like. Mm -hmm. And now it's basically a huge wide open southern border and everybody is rushing back uh, across the border again. That is all correct. The flood is full on back on. And you have to remember, the migrants, there are networks, they're speaking to each other, and, and word gets out through these smuggling networks, um, when, when is a good time to go? And so, if there was a pause at the border at the end of Title 42, it would have only just been a, you could call it a strategic pause, to see, can we still get in easily? Are they still doing yeah. the same stuff? What's going on? Title 42 wasn't blocking a lot of people who are coming in illegally anyway. It just gave one tool that could be used and was used, particularly earlier on in the pandemic, um, more forcefully to repatriate immediately uh, people who weren't in the country legally. But, you know, you start to realize the erosion of the rule of law that this represents is, is not a minor thing, because if the government can just decide that a person can be in the country illegally and just cause it is no longer illegal. They don't pass a statute to this regard. They don't, they don't actually clarify this as a function of law. They just choose that immigration law doesn't matter anymore, Clay. Why should tax law matter? Like why, why is Hunter facing charges on possession of a gun? I mean, what, what, what laws should we really enforce? Like what, what does it mean when our immigration system, they keep saying it is broken. That is a lie. The left, the activists and the commies have broken it. Because what they've done is morally blackmail the country effectively into refusing to enforce immigration law. And by the way, a lot of Republicans go along with this, too. A lot of Chamber of Commerce, donor class Republican politicians and, you know, all throughout the spectrum are like, we need the cheap. I got into a huge fight with some very famous Republicans at the table that I cannot name because it was off the record, Clay, not long ago. It was actually on a uh, on a um, this is how I spend my this is before Carrie. I was spending, uh, what's the fancy, uh, ho- the heart holiday? What is it called? Same, not, um, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. The heart holiday. <laughs> the Valentine's heart, Day. Sorry, I just blanked holiday. for a second. The heart holiday is said by like such a long-term bachelor. Ah, the, the, the stupid heart <laughs> holiday, whatever <laughs> just, it is, the, the stupid Cupid and, uh, the, and the bows and the arrows. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you over the years how many dates. I was number, like, you know, two didn't go to I, date number I, yeah, three. I was like I the heart holiday. I was like, is there like a, is there a pediatric association? I'll like, uh, yeah, the heart anyway, holiday, Valentine's Day. Uh, but I was at, I was at a dinner and, and, and one, and there were a couple of people and it was off the records. I can't say, but there's some very well known right wingers who were there and there was a, a donor class person. Let's just say a very wealthy donor class person. And all this person kept saying was, we need more illegals because I need to hire them. For the businesses, big, yeah. big businesses. And I kept saying, what about Americans? And yeah. you know what the response kept being? They're too expensive. Yeah. 
Well, folks, guess what? There's a reason that they can get paid less. And there are reasons that involve also all the social services that are going to go to support the illegals, as is what you see in New York City. Society, it's socializing the costs of bringing these people in illegally and then maximizing the profits for one small sector that writes checks to the right politicians. This is what has broken the system. Our immigration laws are actually rather straightforward if you want to read them and look at what they say. Listen to this woman, uh, Buck. Uh, cut 28. She is, we were just playing in New York City, the, the politicians getting yelled down as they're trying to discuss, uh, this, uh, crisis in New York City. Listen to this woman who I think is speaking for a huge majority of Americans. Listen to Cut 28. My message is close the border, vet these people. Like, how come they get to cut the line in front of millions of people waiting? They're waiting to come to America the right way, but they get, like, pushed in front, the migrants, the illegal migrants. They get everything. They put them first, put America's Americans last. We need to be America first, not Americans last. Do you Walk think that, that AOC was responsive to messages like this? No, she cut her little parts conference early because us. She kept on talking the same thing. Housing for migrants, work for migrants. But what about our homeless veterans? What about our homeless Americans? She puts them, puts the migrants first, us last. Buck, that's a black woman in AOC's congressional district. Do you know who she sounds like? Donald Trump. She sounds like Donald Trump in 2016. And that's why I think you are starting to see so many people in the working class community who would have been traditionally Democrat voters starting to repudiate and reject Democrat positions on immigration. I mean, I thought, I mean, again, that's a black woman, and I believe in AOC's congressional district in New York City. You just heard it. That basically is Donald Trump immigration policy. I mean, you know, they, they'll, they'll say that it's the Democrats to shut people up and to keep people from learning the truth about all the illegality um, around our immigration system, what it means, what it does, how it overstretches Border Patrol, how it makes the border completely wide open for the fentanyl that is poisoning not just the 100,000-plus who die of overdoses every year, but poisoning whole communities. For every person who dies of fentanyl, there's a family that is forever shattered. For every person who dies of fentanyl, there's somebody who's selling that drug to that individual and, and is facing decades in prison if they are caught ruining that family. The poison that pours across the border because of the illegality, it is hard to put into context. It is hard to put into words. And the only reason this is able to continue is because the Democrats lie to you about it. And when they say it's racist, go walk around. You know, I'm here in Miami. Go walk around. Ask a lot of Latinos in Miami. What do you think about illegal immigration? You know what you hear from most of them? I came here legally. Why should they come here illegally? I came here the right way. I had to wait. My family had to wait. I spent money on lawyers. They can just walk across the border. That's not right. Hmm. Almost like, again, people are being lied to on this. AOC and all the rest of them, they are lying to you about the realities of immigration and the border and what's really happening. If there is, by the way, a giant neon sign for how I think, assuming Trump, people have been getting mad at me, by the way, saying Trump is not the... If I don't say Trump is the nominee, people get mad at me. If I say Trump is the nominee, people get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just saying he's way ahead right now, folks. He's obviously not the nominee technically, but he's clearly way, way ahead. So we're just dealing with the realities we see it. But Clay, immigration is the issue that Trump can win this election on. I really no believe that. It's how he won 2016. I think immigration in 2024 is 
and and his his arguments for what he did on immigration. I will say actually, this is some of the stuff he said in the Megyn Kelly interview. He's this is there's actually a, a case to be made that the continuation of what he was doing was all that's needed in order to accomplish the goal. So I I think that's a particularly powerful place for him to go. Anyway, you, immigration gets me fired up. That was by the way Caitlin Sinclair's report from New York City interviewing that woman. Uh, that's pretty fabulous. Her, her I mean that that clip that we played for you. I think that's going to go viral. And I think it's going to go viral because I think that woman is speaking for a lot of people, Democrats, Republicans, all over the country who are fed up with an open border. The proper care and handling of a firearm includes keeping your skills up to date. When you can't get to the range to practice, there's a really cool electronic training tool you can use at home that I use, the Mantis X. It's a firearms training system that is no ammo all electronic. It's a way to improve your shooting accuracy. It's a great device. It and really, really helps. Plus, it's fun to use. The Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You then connect to the Mantis X app on your smartphone. It gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and skill level. It also guides you through drills and courses. Look, I tend to pull a little bit left when I shoot. I also don't need. I need to get faster on the front sight. Mantis X really helps with these things. Plus, obviously, trigger squeeze, which, as you all know, is like the foundation for good, accurate shooting. Get the Mantis X. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you also should believe in being efficient and proficient with your firearm. Get your Mantis X system today. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We are joined now as we come down the home stretch of the Friday edition of the program by Gerard Baker, former editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal, now the editor-at-large. He's got a new book, American Breakdown, Why We No Longer Trust Our Leaders and Institutions and How We Can Rebuild Confidence. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your takes here, Gerard, but I want to start uh, and thanks for coming on with us. Love the newspaper. Love the work you guys do at the Wall Street Journal with what I would say is the biggest story of the week so far. And it's actually Joe Biden under siege. Washington Post top columnist says he shouldn't run. Hunter Biden indicted. A lot of people out there saying that it's time for Biden to step down. Do you think Joe Biden will be the Democrat nominee next year running for reelection or do you think it'll be someone else? Ice, thanks very much indeed for having me on. Uh, it's very kind of you. Um, and a good Friday afternoon to you and your listeners. I still think he will be. I mean, you're absolutely right. It is, it is a, it, there does seem to be something afoot. Um, that columnist, uh, in the Washington Post, you talked about some of the polling that we've seen out, uh, recently, some of the kind of, you know, more chatter about Biden's poor performance at that press conference in Vietnam. Look, I think what's going on, I still, I think the problem though that they have is they don't have, a plausible alternative. That's, that's really the Democrats problem. I think, you know, Joe Biden, I think, I think the reason we're hearing about this right now is that, um, for a long time, it's been the conventional wisdom in Washington, wrong as usual, as the conventional wisdom usually is, but it's been the conventional wisdom that for all Joe Biden's faults, he'll beat Donald Trump. Donald Trump can't win the presidency. He can't win a general election. He can win the Republican primary. He can't win the presidency. I've always thought that was wrong. I've always thought it's nonsense. I think with the economy likely weakening next year, I think actually, you know, the polling already shows Trump uh, at least neck and neck with Biden. He, he could certainly win. And I think that realization that he could win, that Biden could lose, is starting to seep in. And I think that's starting to make some Democrats panic a little bit and think, oh, God, we may be not only we got this old guy who really isn't up to the job anymore, but after all that, he may lose to Trump. The problem is, though, uh, I don't think they have an alternative. Who's if he steps down, who's it going to be? Kamala Harris probably is the inside track. You know, that's frankly, I'm no Joe Biden fan, but that scares me even more than Joe Biden than another four years of Joe Biden or, you know, Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, these these are not these are not you know, names that I think are likely to be a shoe in or even frankly likely to be the favorite against Donald Trump. So I kind of think they're stuck with Biden. Gerard, thanks for being here with us. So your book, American Breakdown, why we no longer trust our leaders and institutions and how we can rebuild confidence. Why do we no longer trust leaders and institutions? What, what has changed? What have we learned? What have we seen that you get into in this book as people are going off onto their 
weekends here, I think it's uh, worth getting into some of the underlying foundational philo- uh, philosophical issues here. So I think there are, there are factors, there are multiple factors that explain why people have lost, lost trust in the major institutions. And the numbers are incredibly striking. I, I went back and looked in detail at Gallup takes these regular surveys. Other, other organizations do too. And trust as a whole in government, media, education, science and technology, big business, um, across the board in all of these major institutions that kind of lead American life. Trust has collapsed in the last 20 or 30 years or so. Just It's down across the board. Now, I think that's due to a number of factors that have to do with the specific institutions themselves. Frankly, people have decided that government lies to them, uh, which who can blame them? Uh, government has done a, a terrible performance in many ways over the last 20 years. It's got very big and it's not doing things that people like. And I think that re- reason pe- people don't trust the government. The media, we all know the stories of how the media, quite frankly, have become, you know, have made stories up in the last few years, have become increasingly partisan, increasingly biased, increasingly in pursuit of an agenda. Big business, big business has become incredibly woke. Uh, it's become globalist. It's very much uh, focused on, you know, global markets and global profits at the expense of Americans. So again, all of these things have been going on. If there's a defining common characteristic, though, I would say, and this is what I write about in the book, I think it is this, these elites that have taken control of these institutions, these people who all think alike, they have the same kind of views. They have the same views on American history and they have the same views on race and gender and immigration and the importance of, you know, global uh, cooperation and global integration. They have taken, they've seized control of these, of all of these institutions and they are, they are an elite. I don't really like using that word, but they basically are an elite. They are, they, 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 they have values that are fundamentally at odds with the values of most Americans. And the country, this country was, I'm an immigrant, as you can probably tell from my accent. I came here 30 years ago. I've been a journalist in this country for 30 years. This is the greatest country on earth. Its history has been one of extraordinary success built on the values that it was founded on. Obviously, it's needed to reform. There are a lot of bad things uh, have gone on in American history, but the great achievement of America and the genius of America is that it's been able to reinvent itself and recreate itself and based on fidelity to those core values. I think we are unfortunately now in all of our key institutions led by people, almost all of them anyway, who don't really share those values and who want to drive, who don't really want, who don't really want America to be America. They want America to be kind of like a, you know, like a European country, a social democratic country, or even, you know, even maybe an Asian country. They don't share those values. So I think that's why people fundamentally don't trust their leaders anymore. Is this something that a president can cure the right president, or do you think it's something that's rotten at the core uh, and if so, how do you fix it? It's going to require a president. It's going to require legislation, probably. It's going to require um, transformation of the legal system. I think we're already seeing that in terms of the, 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 the direction of the Supreme Court. Look, I mean, one of the things I look at in the book is the history. If there's good news in this book, it's that um, we've been here before. I mean, America's had these periods before where – you know, trust in their leading institutions has declined sharply where people feel alienated from their leading institutions. Look at, look at the 90, the late 1960s in particular. I always say to people who throw up their hands and say, Oh my God, things are terrible today. Go back and look at 1968. 1968, we had, um, you know, hundreds of Americans were dying every week in a war. Um, we had political assassinations, major political assassinations. We had political violence across the country. We had terrorism. The country was tearing itself apart and, you know, it did overcome those divisions. It took a while. You know, first of all, Richard Nixon was elected in 68 and then re-elected with a huge majority in 72. And he talked about the silent majority. And I think to some extent he was right about that, obviously. 
uh, talking of trust, I mean, his presidency ended in a collapse of trust with Watergate. And then we got through to the, to the, the rest of the seventies in a pretty, pretty, pretty shambolic way. And then we got Ronald Reagan in 1980. So, so a president can, and then by the way, that's, when in the 1980s, that's when once again people did have faith in America and have faith in America's institutions and leadership. So it takes time. It takes presidential intervention. It takes legislation. It takes, but above all, it takes a cultural change. And I think it takes people standing up and saying, you know, we're not. And I think this is already happening. I think again, there's more good news here because I think that's already happening. They're standing up and saying, we are going to assert American values. We're going to assert these ideals and we're going to take our country back. And I think that, again, that is beginning to happen. It'll take time, but I'm confident that uh, that we'll get there. Gerard Baker, his book, American Breakdown, why, no, why We No Longer Trust Our Leaders and Institutions and How We Can Rebuild Confidence. Get your copy today. Go check it out. And uh, Gerard, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you both. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work at the Wall Street Journal. They're I was going to say, uh, thank you for I giving us it. like a major broadsheet you know, or a major newspaper that we can yeah. subscribe to. So we no doubt. Yeah, oh, thank you. Well, keep, I'm so glad you do. Thank you for thank you for reading and thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I do. My dad does. My brothers do. You know, we all we all like the, the journal. Uh, Clay, it's also a huge advantage to have a cool accent. I'm just going to say. No, no doubt. Huge. I'm sitting here. I'm just like, man. Imagine if I could do a radio show with that accent. I'd be amazing. Anyway. My cell phone company, Pure Talk, did something really smart this summer for their customers. Knowing how much data we're all consuming on our cell phones, they increased the data on each plan by 50% without increasing the monthly price by even a penny. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Pure Talk upgraded their service plan for all their customers, existing and new, without increasing the monthly cost. Pure Talk added 50% more data to every plan and started to include a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Most families on their family plan are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. And that's what Pure Talk provides as their service is on the same towers and the same networks as one of those three carriers. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound two five zero. Say Clay and Buck and make the switch to Pure Talk today. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels 
challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.